It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to NFL Live. Surprising news this morning as Deshaun Watson is out for the season with a broken bone in his shoulder. The team reacted to the news today. Yeah, I'm, I'm still in disbelief. I'm still, like I said, just trying to process all the information that I've, I've been getting since last night. It's tough. You know, I've you know, felt like we were turning a corner to really make a run. And, uh, you know, I, we, I still believe we still will, you know, with the guys in this locker room. You know, I just wanted to be physically a part of it um, on the field with those guys. Look, it is a team sport and it takes everybody to have success. Um, and it's going to be an incredible opportunity for us um, to go ahead and continue to win games as we're right in the thick of things at 6-3. and three. I feel like the mood in our locker room is opportunity. You know, we all understand that. You know, it sucks losing losing Deshaun, but, um, you know, we have opportunity to, you know, keep this season going. We're, we're in a great position right now. We control our own destiny, um, and that's our mindset right now. This team, as we've all seen, will fight like crazy, uh, sometimes in pregame, which I don't recommend. Uh, but that's what's required. And these guys, they care about each other. They're going to push each other. They're, they're there for each other. Uh, we have Deshaun's back through all this uh, as he gets better, um, and we know he's got our back. So uh, we'll continue to fight. That's just what we do. We start with Adam Schefter. Adam, what more can you tell us about Watson's injury? Well, Laura, I did notice that Kevin Stefanski's beard there looked a little grayer than normal to me, and it's no surprise considering all that he and that team have been through this season. Deshaun Watson hurt his shoulder on Sunday. They did not know the extent of it until the past two days when he went through a battery of tests and had doctors look at scans and determined that he needs season-ending shoulder surgery that he'll have next week. Now, he is expected to be back in time for 2024, but that doesn't help. A 6-3 and three Browns team coming off its biggest win of the season on Sunday in Baltimore against the Ravens. This was a Browns team that had inspired hope, that had people thinking that maybe the AFC North could send all its teams in that division to the playoffs for the first time in history. No team in the NFL ever has done that before. And now the Browns will have to do it behind their rookie fifth-round draft pick, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who takes over as the starter. You remember, he replaced Watson in one game, but he found out 90 minutes before the kickoff that he was starting. The Browns believe he'll be a lot better with a lot more prep time, which is why they're turning to him over P.J. Walker, who also has played in place of Deshaun Watson. And now the hopes of the Cleveland Browns, and Cleveland can have good things, right? The hopes of the Cleveland Browns reside with their rookie quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Thanks, Adam, for all the latest there. More from you coming throughout the show as we welcome you in with everybody here. Dan Orlovsky and Andrew Hawkins here. Marcus Spears also. And you just heard, Marcus, the talk around Dorian Thompson-Robinson getting the start over P.J. Walker this week against the Steelers. You agree with that decision? Yeah, I don't like it because I don't know what I don't know. And l let me admit that. I don't – the last time I saw uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he threw three interceptions. He was 19 for 36 against the Baltimore Ravens. And, and Shefty <laughs> made a great point. He didn't find out that he was playing. So there is a week of preparation. There is an opportunity to build and formulate something around him. But why wouldn't you do that with P.J. Walker? a guy that's played, that actually has experience in this league and understanding that you are a team that literally just have to manage this position. <clears throat> now, 
The one thing is, does he offer some athleticism that is not offered by P.J. Walker? And we all talk all the time about does that slow down your processing for a quarterback? And we know that you can get yourself out of harm's way. But I thought it was a no-brainer that P.J. Walker was going to be the starter. One, because they went with him this season. But other than that, the experience of playing in this league. And I thought formulating the potential of formulating a game plan around a guy that's a veteran that has played in games and started in games would have been the best option. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Marcus. I, I think what I'm nervous about is what this means for the locker room. Mm. Because, yes, DTR might have something that we haven't seen in practice and what he's showing. But for a team, if you go into this against the Pittsburgh Steelers and he puts a performance like he did against the Baltimore Ravens and any hope that you have, it now starts to feel like the season is getting away from them, not because of their play on the field, but decisions that are being made outside the locker room. Mm -hmm. P.J. Walker has showed, yes, doesn't has to work on not turning the football over, has to work on what he does in critical moments, but he has shown a lot of ability and he's shown plays can be made down the field enough to get their team a position to win. Doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. This team. Wow, the quarterback says that? Not after the starter. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. This team is going to either stay in the playoff race because the defense plays unbelievable mm -hmm. or not because the quarterback play isn't going to be good enough. Mm -hmm. I don't mind the move. Number one, there's beauty in the unknown. We don't know who DTR is or is not. If we go to that Ravens game, two things. One, the pass protection that game was terrible. That game got 21 3 real fast and it became a pass fest for a guy who has not or was not ready to be the guy up until 90 minutes before the game. Mm -hmm. And so it was just this barrage by Baltimore's defense. So hopefully that's a little bit better. They can play a little bit more of their plashing game. Number two, specific to DTR, I think the main thing is the experience of realizing I got play faster. You know, and that the defense, when you look at certain people on your offense, Hawk, you know this. Other people are coming. Like, the bad guys are paying attention yeah. to your <laughs> eyes, and those defenders are reading where you're going to throw it. And I think if he takes that away from that one start and realizing I got to play faster and I got to use my eyes a little bit better, I don't. is there really a drop-off from him and P.J. Walker? Okay. I, I don't, don't want to. Go ahead, Marcus. Go ahead, go ahead Hawk. Go yeah, ahead, we Hawk. probably both want to jump in here. Listen, I, I don't want to make it seem like I don't think DTR could be a good quarterback. But based on what we saw in the Ravens game yeah. and those clips that we just shown – there were seven passes that the Ravens DBs got their hands on. Another yeah. three that were interception. Intercepted. He only had 19 completions. P.J. Walker's got to do a better job of he protecting does, the football. Because he's had more experience. And so, like, deep in the game, he was taking unnecessary risks. Absolutely. Right. But when I watched DTR, it looked like a player who thought that the regular season football was going to be the same as sure. preseason. Yeah. The game is way faster, and there's going to take time for him to get up to speed that I just feel like P.J. Walker has mm -hmm. a, a lot more experience and years of experience in. Dan, I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want to go back and forth. I want to ask you a question because you did say it doesn't matter as far as the quarterback. So when you, when you go in between these two guys, what, what kind of plan would you have for them? Like, is mm -hmm. it easier – which I would assume is to plan for P.J. Walker with a week of preparation, or are they living in that unknown you're talking about in the beauty with DTR? What do you think the, the decision-making is about this quarterback position? I think that there's the reality that DTR was really good in the preseason and that they know what P.J. Walker is, and they don't know exactly who DTR is going to be on this back stretch. And, okay, let's be honest about it, Marcus. Huh, Laura, like, okay, so what about – what? 
and when it comes to opponents, mm -hmm. who offensively are you going? Whew, that's a, a handful Rams, for this defense. Like maybe the Rams. Stafford if, plays. If Jaguars Stafford maybe. Plays. Jaguars Texans. maybe. Texans. Yeah. Texans maybe. And obviously week 18. So if you're the you're the Browns, you're sitting there going, our defense is the now. Is DTR going to go be Nick Foles, who he was seven years ago, or is he going to become yeah. Dak Prescott in 2016, or or even Tony Romo? Like, is he going to become like that sudden surprise? Then it's a different conversation. I think we're yeah. saying the same thing, and this is the last point that I'll make on it is, yes, this defense is the reason why we think the Browns are contenders, even when Deshaun Watson was in there. Right. It wasn't because Deshaun Watson's play. It was like, well, we know he has the potential to yeah. elevate him. But even when Hawk, I look at this, I don't mean to cut you off. But go like, ahead. We were asking, is Deshaun Watson's play going to be enough to get them into the playoffs? And he yeah. even said there he thought they had started to turn a corner a little bit. I mean, we were looking at Deshaun Watson because we know what the ceiling is. When I look at the decision between DTR and P.J. Walker, it's because I think DTR's floor is a lot lower. And hmm. to your point, if we're going to rely on that defense, well, we can't have the quarterback being the reason why we're losing games. And, and Shefty, it does feel like maybe the Browns are trying to see going forward, who do they have? Maybe they want to see. That's probably a tough pill to swallow for the defense, but they, they want to see tough. who's the quarterback maybe of the future if one of these guys, and maybe it is DTR, can get them there. Well, to Hawk's point where he's saying that DTR's floor is lower, I think they believe that DTR's ceiling is also higher. Sure. Mm -hmm. They know what they have in P.J. Walker, yep. and we go back to this summer, in Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the rookie quarterback, he flashed this summer, like Aiden O'Connell flashed in Las Vegas. There were a couple of rookie quarterbacks who flashed, and they were not named C.J. Stroud during the summer. They want to see more of that while winning with the defense here. This is one of the best, if not the best defense in the NFL, and they need this defense to carry them to the postseason the way that other great defenses have done for other teams. And I think that they think, that the ceiling for the rookie quarterback is higher and they're willing to roll the dice to see if he can get there. All right, so the opportunity is on Sunday against the Steelers, and I think we'll know a lot more about what their plans are even after that game. Adam, you also have some news uh, in a game that will impact the AFC North. The Bengals and Ravens getting ready for tomorrow night's matchup. What's the latest on the injury front there? Oh. Well, let's take a look at the injuries right here. Sam Hubbard ruled out of the game already. T. Higgins ruled out of the game already. Ronnie Stanley ruled out of the game. Marlon Humphrey, not going to play. Doubtful with that calf injury. You don't see doubtfuls play. The good news for the Bengals is Trey Hendrickson, who injured his knee on Sunday, was not even listed on the mm. injury report. So Trey Hendrickson will be out there, unlike the four players in that full screen. Laura. Yeah, Dan, I heard you with an audible groan as you saw that. It's the Marlon Humphrey injury for yeah. me. I kind mm. of anticipated T not playing and Sam Hubbard not playing. Marlon Humphrey not playing. I've talked about this when it comes to Baltimore's defense. It's a really good defense. One they don't have a closer and two they, that's their by far best secondary guy when it comes to man-to-man -man coverage Geno Stone's having a nice year but it's a little bit because of some of those simulated pressures I think the Marlon Humphrey injury looms huge now going into tomorrow tomorrow night absolutely but I mean it is mitigated a little bit by T Higgins not being out oh, there totally. right because yes. without Jamar Chase whenever you take Jamar Chase away it's like okay well what else do they have and that's where the Bengals are searching right now is for offense outside and, of Jamar Chase. And the last thing I'll say about it is Cincinnati is absolutely comfortable taking Jamar and moving him inside. 
Yep. So often, Marlon was the guy that would go Follow play inside. inside. That's a matchup issue for sure. At one thing, too, the Bengals coming off that loss to the Texans, I think they're going to have a little bit something to prove. The Ravens coming off a loss, too, but you got to think Joe Burrow wants to go out there and sling it a little bit. We're just getting started on NFL Live following the departure of Ken Dorsey. How can the Bills get back on track with a new OC at the helm? Marcus has an idea for what this new scheme should look like. He's not holding back. We'll explain. Plus, we're less than a week away from a huge Monday night football matchup between the Eagles and Chiefs. Stick around to hear Dan's big concern for the reigning champs in the Super Bowl rematch. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Sunday NFL Countdown Crew has you covered for week 11, 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. And the Monday Night Countdown Crew gets you set for Eagles Chiefs, the two-hour pregame starting at 6 Eastern, both on ESPN and the app. Back to the big news of the week. Ken Dorsey fired by the Bills. The offensive coordinator fired after a poor performance on Monday night. So Joe Brady, the quarterback's coach, taking over in the meantime. Well, here's Josh Allen from today on these changes. Our back's against the wall. You know, the clock's ticking on, on what we can do this season. And it starts this Sunday to, to try to turn this thing around. You know, it's no secret um, in terms of how many wins you probably need to get to the playoffs. And... No, we don't got much much more wiggle room, so we understand that. I got to be better. Uh, we got to be better as an offense, um, turnover wise. It's it's abysmal when we lose. Um, there, there's no secret to that. So there's not a whole lot. Like it's not like it's broken. We're not we're not a broken offense. We're not a broken team. But the splits that compared to when we win and, and when we lose are massive. Um, and again, that's that's on my shoulders, and we got to be better. I got to be better. Taking ownership for the turnovers, certainly as you would expect him to do. And Dan, some people have said, to his point, the offensive is broken. He, he has mechanical issues. <laughs> do you think that's true when you look at the interceptions? No, I actually don't think the interception conversation is fair. If you look at since week one, these interceptions, okay, this is on third and 20. He's throwing a one-on-one jump ball to Gabe Davis. This is on third and 18. He's throwing a launched outside the pocket ball to uh, Stephon Diggs. Those are not bad decisions. That one's a good decision. He just misses that throw by two inches. So I'm not sitting here crushing Josh Allen. This ball is batted at the line of scrimmage, ends up being a pick. And then last week, he throws the ball to Gabe Davis across the middle, and it gets batted up in the air for interception. Mm. I... 
Out of since week one, I think there are three interceptions that I sit there and say, Josh can't have them. Bad decisions, inexcusable. It's one against New England, it's one against Cincinnati, and it's the one right before the half against Denver last week on Monday Night Football. Since week one, there's five of them that, again, are launches on third and long. If you guys remember, I said this about Stafford in the Rams Super Bowl year. It's third and 20. If you're outside the pocket and launching a go route, it's essentially a punt. I don't really care about it. It's not like that's the decision that lost the game. So I think the whole conversation around, oh, my gosh, Josh Allen and these interceptions that he's throwing aren't actually within context and are way overblown than what the reality of tape says. Boy, your personal to quarterbacks is just a mess. Dan, the man <laughs> threw three. In, why, did the, why did the Buffalo Bills lose to the Jets? I literally said since season, week bro. one. Huh? I, I said since week one. If anyone was but critical about saying. him on week but one, what Marcus, I'm saying is I. you are in this position a lot because of turnovers, bro. It's not true. It's no way around it. Like, and, and, and look, I'm with you on the ball going through Gabe Davis's arms, but I'm not with you on an interception before half that's going to set the Denver Broncos up to get points, and you end up losing by a field goal. Hello, I'm I not with that, you though. when we start looking at all. Bro, it's critical. And, and look, for you to say on TV that the interceptions are not a problem, the man is leading the league since he's been starting. But, Marcus, like, I'm looking at the interceptions and saying, why are they happening? Sometimes interceptions just happen. Okay, is Lamar Jackson's pick six last week on Lamar Jackson? Like, realistically, can, is there something that the quarterback can a, do there? A batted no. ball. No. Okay, so but, Josh but has Dan, two interceptions on those batted balls. I Dan, showed you two of them. I also excoriate Lamar Jackson when he throws one in the red zone for an interception that turns into points. Marcus, Bro. I just said there's three of them that are inexcusable bad decisions. I, I'm with you on that. But this narrative but then, that every be, ball is an interception it would be is a much easier. It would be much easier for you to determine this if he wasn't leading in, in interceptions, bro, and turnovers. That is the issue, right? Like, you and I and Hawk and, and people that look at film can say, that's not on Josh Allen. That's not on him when a receiver drops the ball and all of that. I get that. But he has a turnover problem, dude. It's no way around it. Marcus. It's zero ways around talking about Josh Allen not turning the football over and it not translating into some losses. So I think the one thing that's going to be interesting, Hawk, is whether or not we actually see Joe Brady do something schematically to maybe help yeah. this. And maybe Allen does take care of the football a little mm -hmm. bit better. What do you think the Allen approach should be going forward? Here? I mean, for the whole offense, they got to figure out this connection between Allen and the wide receivers. And that starts with Stephon Diggs, figuring out how you target him and how you work within the scheme. Here's a crucial uh, drive at the end of this game that they needed here. Right here, Gabe Davis. He's the only option, doesn't win on the crossing route. Okay, check down two yards. Second and eight here. Curl, the number one option, Shakir, is open. Josh Allen is protected. He doesn't make the throw. Now you're third and eight. In third and eight, who are you supposed to go to in a critical moment? Your guy. We're going Stephon Diggs. Comes off him too late, and he makes one of those throws you're talking about, Dan, where he throws uh, out to the field late. Three people there, triple coverage, and yeah. it's almost picked off well in a crucial moment. So we can talk about the system. Right. When the read is there, you got to make the throw. We can talk about what Josh Allen needs to do. He has to make better decisions, but this is a holistic problem yeah. that they have to get figured out. Otherwise, we're making a bunch of do about nothing because so it won't matter. When I watch those clips specific to Josh, and I mm -hmm. think this will be the challenge for Joe Brady, is like, can you get him to just slow down a little bit? A lot of times, it looks like he's already moving in the pocket or getting off yeah. guys. 
before the route concept has developed. So that, that's you got to like just settle him in, and that, that's part Is of that the forcing. Is that an O-line thing? Or no, no? I think it's just part of his personality and force stuff. Okay. And then real quick, Marcus, I do think – Joe Brady is going to bring a little bit of like the Sean Payton New Orleans Saints stuff. He had experience with him. And then mm -hmm. obviously at LSU, some under center play action chunks. Yeah. I think that's we were talking about this. Yeah. I think part of it is when you force a, a stallion type of quarterback to play in this dink and dunk offense, eventually they're going, if you're not going to call shots for me or chunks, I'm going to go chase them. I'm not absolving Josh of that. I'm just mm -hmm. trying to produce some context to it. And then I do think they'll go some empty, which is something that Josh absolutely excels at as long as he's ready for pressure. So I think that where is Joe, where Joe Brady can make some scheme changes for them. Yep. I, I want to ask you this, Dan, because when I looked at Josh just now in that presser, and I think about, I think it was a third down where he missed the throw to rolling out to his right. And I think Shakir was either wide open and he overthrew him over the head. Yeah. Where do you think his confidence is right now? I think it's low. I, I think it's low, Marcus, and I don't think it, the confidence being low is, like, to him only. Mm -hmm. I think it's low with the whole offensive unit. It felt low mm -hmm. when it came to the person calling the plays, and it just it, – it, it's like everyone's got to get to that. But it comes from results. We know that. Like, yeah. they, right. they got to go have successful results like they Feel did it. the first four or five weeks. Mm -hmm. to build yeah. that confidence back. You know, the other thing that probably can't help from a confidence standpoint is Trayvon Diggs, who's Stephon Diggs' brother, tweeting out things during the game, alluding to <laughs> totally. frustration from his big-time wide receiver. Mm -hmm. You know he's seen that stuff. And, Marcus, you just said he ain't lying, so I'm sure Josh right. Allen's aware of that, I just too. don't think he has an interception problem. When the interceptions happen, I don't see horrific decisions. Okay, still the going NFL Live. Will the Eagles avenge their Super Bowl loss to the Chiefs on Monday Night Football? Hear which newcomer Hawk thinks will be the difference maker in this matchup. It's all next right here on ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. On Monday, it's the Super Bowl 57 rematch between Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Plus, and ESPN Deportes. With Peyton and Eli once again on ESPN2 and ESPN Plus. And a special NFL Live with all of us in Kansas City talking about this huge matchup. To get you ready, take a listen to the best of soundtracks from the Super Bowl. You gotta love this right here. Let's go show the world who we are. Super Bowl! The first ever matchup of brothers in the Super Bowl. 
and he's in for the touchdown. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass to his side, Kelsey over the shoulder, he's got the catch, he's got the touchdown! All right, little brother. He wants A.J. Brown, and it's caught for a touchdown! Come on, he gives a turnover or something. Now the ball's out. He kicks the ball. It's picked up by Kansas City. They're going to the 20, to the 10. Touchdown! Hurts is going to run and score. They're going to throw a quick pass to Tony. He's got it on the edge. He will walk into the end zone. You never know. You never know when those people come on. Always like being close. Fast left side, wide open, Sky Moore, touchdown! Kansas City on a pivot route. Hurts is going to run, and he is in, and we're tied. I promise you, we get a stop, we're world champions. We'll go down and score. I promise you. What they call? Holding! Holding! And I think it's going to be defensive holding against the Eagles. I love you, big guy. They for always believing in me, big guy, huh? <laughs> I owe you my life, big guy. Oh, this is the best ever, man. The funnest stuff ever. Two time, baby. Two time. Two time. Can't tell us nothing, baby. <laughs> what a game that was. Both teams, though, a lot different now, had several key departures from their Super Bowl squads last season. The Eagles lost both their offensive and defensive coordinator, plus they lost Javon Hargrave, Miles Sanders, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson. The Chiefs also lost a coordinator. Eric Bieniemy went to Washington, and they lost Juju Smith-Schuster, Orlando Brown Jr., and safety Juan Thornhill. So, Hawk, what do you see is the biggest change in these teams since the Super Bowl that might impact this rematch on Monday Night Football? The biggest change is we're not seeing Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey at their best because of the production or lack thereof of the wide receiver position for the Kansas City Chiefs. Teams are being able to take away Travis Kelsey, and then Patrick Mahomes is not trusting his process because these receivers haven't lived up to what they need to be doing to balance out the offense. Now, we talked last week about fatal flaws for these teams. Mm. We talked about the Chiefs. It was the wide receivers. Yeah. And we talked about the Eagles. Dan, you and I both mentioned the secondary for the Eagles. So this is an opportunity for this Chiefs team to turn those things around, specifically Rasheed Rice, who, in my opinion, it's time for the Chiefs to hand the keys over to him at their wide receiver position. He's shown to be trusted. Him and Mahomes have built the chemistry. He's been good in the middle of the field. He has a 78% catch rate, which is like third in the league right now. So it's time to start deploying him more on the outside, in the inside, whatever it takes to get Patrick Mahomes back to his normal self to mm. really let it go and trust beyond Travis Kelsey. Do you think he's good enough to play on the outside consistently? I think so. Yeah. I, I think for what they're doing, because Patrick Mahomes is so off script right. and they have mm. time. The biggest thing about being an outside receiver is you being able to get open in the timing, right? Patrick Mahomes is great at that. And again, if they are going to key on Travis Kelsey, give him double, give him triple coverage, yeah. it makes it that much more easier to beat one-on-one -on -one outside. I, I like him on the inside. I do. I like him when it comes to how many different ways can we just get him the ball quickly, a little yeah. bit of RPO action, because he's like this big physical guy. 
The interesting thing for me with this game is, to that point, can he or someone start to step forward and hurt teams yeah. when they double Travis? Hmm. And will Philly double Travis? Because that's not really in Philly's repertoire with Sean Desai, their mm -hmm. defensive coordinator. Because I look at it like this. Obviously, you want to double Travis, see if you can win the game. I also look at it in the context of the Cowboys and going, are you going to start to implement something like that to double CeeDee Lamb when you meet them and force those other receivers to beat you? So, like, can they break their mold a little bit and say, Travis, you're not going to beat us, even though that's not who they are, Yeah. and yeah. force somebody else to, and does that actually happen for Kansas you City? You know, it's interesting you bring that up because as much as we're excited about this game, I mean, what really matters for the Eagles if they want to get back to the Super Bowl and really get revenge is beating the Cowboys. Totally. So yep. this could be a blueprint game. I hadn't thought about it that way, but interesting to think about. All right, time for ESPN Bet Future Spotlight. <laughs> the Chiefs are currently the favorites to win the Super Bowl at plus 450. The Eagles tied with the 49ers for the second at 5-1 to one odds. See the full list at ESPNBet.com. Go check that out. And Marcus, right now, just between the Chiefs and Eagles, who is more likely to win the Super Bowl this year? I got the Eagles, Boogie, and this is hard for me. Right now, today, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, when you get to the Super Bowl, with Patrick Mahomes there, it changes. But right now, the Philadelphia Eagles, just the firepower offensively, We just, you just hard hawk. And D.O. talk about the struggling of the offense, and we'll see if that gets going. But right now, even with the turnovers that they've had that are very uncharacteristic, the Philadelphia Eagles are 8-1. I think they're the team that, un that knows who they are more than anybody in the NFL right now. And I would go Jalen Hurts in this offense, and obviously A.J. Brown and the firepower that they have over those, between those two teams. It's so hard because Patrick Mahomes play for the Chiefs, though. I know. Well, I mean, it was interesting watching that recap of last year's Super Bowl and just remembering yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts could have been the MVP and he was the team. Yeah. He was on the team that lost. So I love it, Marcus. We'll remind you of that if you're wrong. Let's get to some top stories as we bring Adam Schefter back in here, starting Adam with positive news out of Chicago. Well, the big story today is Big Homie picking Eagles to win the Super Bowl. But Woo! as for the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, in the words of Matt Eberflus, is progressing well and is expected to start Sunday's game against the Detroit Lions. He's missed the last four games with that dislocated thumb, but he's made enough progress. He's now able to grip the football, and it looks like we will see him back out on the field on Sunday. However, we will not see Deshaun Watson. He's expected to undergo season-ending shoulder surgery next week. He is expected back for next season, but in the interim, the Browns now will turn to their rookie fifth-round draft pick, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, with Watson being out for the year with an injury that he suffered in the second quarter Sunday, a brand new injury on top of the rotator cuff injury. And of course, we're going to bring up Deshaun Watson's contract because he redid the deal this past offseason to lower his cap number for this year. But look at the numbers mm. that exist in future years. He counts against the Browns cap for $63.9 million in each of the next three years. And we should point out, as you'll remember well, Laura, that money is fully guaranteed, unlike any other quarterback contract you've ever seen. All guaranteed money, all due to Deshaun Watson. So he will be the Browns quarterback on opening day in 2024. Yeah, Adam, it's just part of the story. No way else to look at it. And we thank you for that information. Dan, as you see the guaranteed money laid out the way Adam just did, and you think about the injuries, we're going to throw some of them up on the screen just to remind people he just hadn't been out there on the field. Yeah, and I think if you're the Browns, you certainly hope that he's able to be your guy and everything that you thought on the field-wise he was going to be. But not only has he not played – so just to put this into context for everybody, because I think this matters with the DTR conversation. 
So those are the games missed in some of the injuries. Bottom of the screen, tore his ACL in 14, tore his ACL in 17. He had back issues in 19. The shoulder now also with the ankle, right? So shoulder surgery. So we're talking about a guy who's going to be 29 years old next year that's got a, at least a, a list of injuries, mm -hmm. and he's going to go basically three years without playing football. Hmm. So if you're the Browns, and again, for, for Deshaun and for the Browns, I hope he gets completely healthy and is able to get back on the field to play to the level. But if you're the Browns, you're really realizing how important your backup quarterback position is. And while you have the money committed to Deshaun, I think part of the DTR decision is – can this guy be part of our roster next year as a very reliable backup? Because that's the duty to the football team. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Dio. And they need to be in a quarterback market. And maybe not for a starter, but a competent backup if they get in this situation again. Look, we haven't we we talked about Deshaun when he was in Houston taking too many hits. And we talked about the injuries before all of this transpired. And you see what's happening now. And you you, you hate it for the players that sure. want to be out there on the field and play. But ultimately, if you're the Cleveland Browns, you have to make sure that you're in a better position than you are right now. And to your point with DTR, like if he plays well, hey, problem solved. He can be the yeah. guy. He can be the backup. But if he doesn't, you got to go take a hard look at some of these veteran backups that can come in and play high-level football because you will waste a defense that is Super Bowl and championship caliber if you don't. Uh, who's a veteran backup really fast that you guys think? I mean, they had Josh Dobbs on their team. Yep. Col Jacoby Brissett. Col McCoy. Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett. Brissett's been there before. And it could be DTR. we got to see what happens over the right, next right, right. You know, six, seven weeks. Maybe. All right. A lot more is going to come to light as we see what they do against the Steelers this week. Whiteout Wednesday's coming up next, okay? Hawk and Dan are going to hit the screens and tell you everything coming our way. You don't want to miss this. It's about Amon Ross St. Brown and this Lions offense. We'll be right back. ESPN Bet is the official sportsbook of ESPN. For exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities, sign up for the ESPN Bet app. All users get $200 in bonus bets after making any sportsbook bet. Download the app and sign up today. What a play. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. It's Wide Out Wednesday. Dan and Hawk, take it away. When does he know 
time to get inside. Game plan within the game plan. Don't do what's on the paper. Do what you know. We call Better it squirrel. Squirrel. We squirrel. Call it, I want to work backwards here. I am licking my chops because it's time to eat. This is why he's such a smart football player. This is the fastest feed outside the world. Hey, if I tried that now, I would tear everything. You have my permission to slap him to sleep. Six, six worth of Connecticut swag. Whoa, whoa. That Let's was get dope. it. That was dope. Why not Wednesday? Yay! I still love the feet. Okay, so there's a part of this segment that um, I'm not going to tell you about. I will ask you about it at the very end to see okay. if you picked up on it. So the Detroit Lions, massive win on the road versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm -hmm. And Amon Ross St. Brown came into the season as a nice thought receiver-wise mm -hmm. and has absolutely emerged as one of the elite wide receivers when it comes to full guys in the NFL. So let's talk about this in-breaker route at the bottom of the screen versus yeah. him or with him and Jared Goff. Now, we put a lot of receivers up here every week, and typically they're man-to-man routes. They're, right. You're breaking out to go in. You're playing this way man-to-man. -man. You talked about the Lions offense being one of the most precise in the league. Yes. And I'm going to show you why the level of detail is why Amon Ross St. Brown has been so effective. All right, so on this concept, it's called a couple of things in offenses I've run under the Shanahan system. It's been called the drift concept. Okay. Bang post, quick post, whatever you want. It starts off with the alignment. So this is a book split, what we call this. What's that mean, book? So the reason why we call it book is because typically a staple in this offense is running the read concept. Okay. About 15 yards down the field, it could be an out route, it could be an in route, it could be a post. You can stutter it if that safety is getting a little nosy okay. and take it up the field. So we have them in a book split. Next is what our depth is going to be. Okay, so typically on any route, there's a depth. It's a 10 yards, it's 15 yards. This is the beginning stem before you make any break to get open. This route isn't going to be run off a of yardage depth. It's going to be run off of steps. Dan. How many steps is he taking on this route? This 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 wrap or bang eight concept yeah. steps. The important part of this concept is timing. So it is a five step route for Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay. Now, there have been offenses that run it in six. One, I would run two, it in seven three, four, because five. I had a very, very fast turnover and quick step. So it's going to be a five step. Now take it back to the beginning one more time. Okay. Because I need the people at home to know this as well. Running routes is almost like choreography, okay. right? And this is why it's important. When you see a receiver line up in their feet, they literally have to figure out and decide which foot to put up first because if it's a five-step post, you have to have your inside foot up wow. so that it times out on the outside foot being the last foot to, to break. So since this isn't a depth route but a steps route, he has his inside foot in so he can break, basically break off of that outside leg on the in-breaking route? Absolutely. So what you see here is a corner cat. Corner cat is a corner blitz. We'll get into that in a minute. Take it back one more time. And because of that, the safety is now guarding him. He has to know that because it affects his, his angle on his stem. Usually in a book, okay. you can wide release this to give some more space. Because that corner comes and now he's running his route against this safety, he can straight stem it inside edge of the numbers. That is it's super important and very precise in the route. Uh, so he changes the route, that at least the guy that he's running it off of because the corner pressures and yes. his safety goes over the top. Now let me ask you this, when he gets to the top, what's the angle like? Like what's the most important part when he gets into this part of his stem and puts his foot in the ground? How does he know not to do this? Flat, yeah. come back to the football. This is where the feel comes in, okay. right? Because he has to feel what the defense is. Because this DB, the safety, went outside leverage, yes. he knows he's safe in here. The other reason why he knows he's safe, if you look at the top of the screen, I think this is uh, Jameson Williams. Williams yep. 
He is running a big post. And all his job is, this is called a for the love of the game. Clear route. out, right? He is literally just affecting this safety to protect the inside. Because Amon Ra knows he has that up top, he can just bend it in wherever the vacancy is, and Jared Goff is going to find him. Now, my question for you, Dan, is yeah. because this is a corner cat and a corner blitz, yeah. knowing this is a timing route, how does that change it for the quarterback of what he's seeing yeah. and, what, and when he's throwing it? For me, as, as long as I know it's protected, Taylor Decker, their left tackle, is kicking out, it makes me think even more likely that the big play is going to be there because mm -hmm. corner coming, I haven't protected. That safety plays so far over the top. I know as a quarterback, as long as we play on time and look at how much space is in the middle of the field mm -hmm. for you to attack, that's why Jared does such a great job of one, two, three, and the ball's coming out right when Amon Ra is making that break. And this is, you and I know, mm -hmm. this is where those reps all offseason pay off because I have to throw this ball at the right angle where you're leading to have that ball basically be on your chest and or face so you can catch and run with it. And to your point, that is the key of this route. Yeah. This is an opportunity for a catch and run. We so don't want to hold you up or anything like that. Catch it on the run, and you can see from Amram St. Brown's poise in his demeanor, he's expecting for that to be a big pay that it turned into. I've called that a wrap route before, or a hammer yeah. route. You called that? Yep, yep, hammer. Uh, now, the part of the segment that I, did you pay attention to the most important part? We're dapping it up, baby. Come on. Oh, oh. dress like you. Hey, you swagged out. Yeah. I thought something smelled good about you. Mmm, <laughs> hog, don't be so don't nice. Be I clean. I should have worn my blue suit. We yeah, come twins. on now. Hey, still to come, the Bengals and the Ravens face off in a pivotal AFC North battle tomorrow night. Find out why Marcus thinks Lamar Jackson is not the biggest concern for the Bengals defense. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's go! And we're with us on NFL Live. Let's get Adam back in here for some top stories. We start with the big news, Adam, out of Cleveland today. A gut punch to the Cleveland Browns, Laura. At 6-3, the Browns found out that they've lost their starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson, to a season-ending shoulder injury. It's a new injury, different than the rotator cuff one that he's been dealing with 
since week three. He suffered this injury in the second quarter on Sunday, and he will undergo surgery next week. That will end the season. And sticking in the AFC North, take a look at all the players who will be missing Thursday night's big game between the Bengals and the Ravens. No Sam Hubbard, no T. Higgins, no Ronnie Stanley, probably no Marlon Humphrey as well, but the Bengals will be getting back Trey Hendrickson, who's dealing with a hyperextended knee. He wasn't even listed on the injury report and is good to go Thursday night against Baltimore. All right, well, that's good news, but lots of injuries there to keep an eye on. We talked about that earlier in the show. Dan, of course, singling out that Marlon Humphrey injury, but let's yeah. talk a little bit more about this one for tomorrow. Lamar Jackson has shined against the Bengals in his career posting a 7-1 record with 12 passing touchdowns to four interceptions. Look at him there. He's pumping us up, okay? He's also been highly effective on the ground against the AFC North rival, averaging over 79 rushing yards per game. It's the most by any quarterback against a single opponent since 1950. Marcus, we start with you. How might Lamar and the Ravens take advantage of that Bengals defense again tomorrow night? Listen, this is, for me, about the run game. I know we talked about C.J. Stroud and the success that he had against Cincinnati. But I bring back Devin Singletary running to the tune of 150 yards and averaging 5.0 a carry. And I know Dan made reference to um, Cincinnati. I mean, the Baltimore not having Marlon Humphrey. I think Sam Hubbard is the same impact on the other mm. side of the football when you start mm. thinking about this defense, and especially when Lou Anarumo wants to give you different looks and potentially have those run blitzes where he's bringing corners off the edge and Mike Hilton in particular. The Baltimore Ravens are a still a running football team. That is when we've seen them be the most dominant offense. Cincinnati going to have to get that fixed before tomorrow night. Yeah, and I would say on the other side, or on that same side of the ball, but the other team, Marcus, is the Ravens have to close these football games out offensively yes. late in the game. Yes. They cannot get away from the run. And how you do that is you rely on the players that I've showed you. We're at that point in the season, right? Like, we're trying to figure things out. They have a very versatile offense. They spread the ball around. Now it's time to rely on your playmakers. And OBJ, critical of him earlier in the year and how he came on in this offense. But as of late, he is showing that he is one of the guys that needs to be a focal point. Yes, we get it from Zay. Yes, we get it from Mark Andrews. Late in that game, they needed first down catches. They needed guys to get open. Slants. And they needed slants. Yeah. And they didn't go to OBJ. And for a veteran receiver and what you're paying him and what he's shown yeah. recently, there's no reason not to. Yeah, like it's time now. Maybe Absolutely. early on in the season you were giving him some time, but come on, he's ready to go. to go. All right, so, okay, so you disagree. There's this narrative, Hawks kind of talking about it, that in the fourth quarter this Ravens offense needs to finish the game. They need to do more. Yeah. How can they do that? Well, everyone's talking about it. I don't think it's their offense. I do think the bunch will be a big part of the game. If we look at their three losses, late in games, it is an explosive pass play that totally flips it. This is the one versus Indy. Then you remember the one versus Pittsburgh to George Pickens. Last week versus Cleveland, there's three of them. Look at the difference of this defense. This defense in the first three quarters, they're really good. When it gets to the fourth quarter in overtime, we're talking a full yard more per attempt. We're talking a QBR that's more than doubled. The 20-yard completions in one quarter are three more than it is in the first three quarters. They give up these explosive pass plays. And I think that's going to be the storyline for me tomorrow night. I know I, I, this is going to be a close game. Can they stop Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase from big explosive pass plays? Hmm. Yeah, Late. that's the question. Late. Okay. He has to be aggressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike time be for more one more thing before we go, guys. And you got to listen to this from Dan Campbell. It's so good.
here's what I would say for because I tell my family this: just wear a diaper before some of these games, and <laughs> I'll give them an alert. Say, <laughs> put them on and be ready to roll. Those fourth down calls have people do doing in their pants. Uh, I need more context. That is, that is a wow quote. You would be just saying. like the fans. Oh, whatever. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I got full control. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>